How's everybody doing this morning? Welcome to Greater Alton. My name's Tim, and glad to have you with us. If it's your first time here, we're very excited that you'd come and join us this morning. Uh, you get you get a free CD of today's lesson if you'd like to have it. You can get it at the Welcome Center, and that's given to all of our first-time guests. I'm getting ready to hang up this shirt before I tell you about it. Okay, so it, this is a the uh, root beer uh, bass shirt from that we had on campus, and. Uh, uh, I was I was involved in the cooking circle. There was this inner circle of grills. It was ooh, 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 ooh. man, men were like in their element, and we were all around there with our own grills cooking. We even saw a couple of burnt offerings. I got to tell you, <laughs> holy cow! <laughs> Mike's went, <laughs> but uh, it was a great time. And I don't know how many students showed up. Did anybody got an estimate, a guesstimate, or preacher count? A lot, a lot of people, a lot of people. Yeah, it was just, yeah, they went through four kegs, they said, of root beer, of root beer. You know, I never thought I'd hear a rock group. This rock group is playing, and they get done and go, let's hear it for root beer. Woo! <laughs> it's like, I bet he's not used to saying that. <laughs> and uh, I had, uh, somebody was telling me that the cops showed up, which means it's a real party. But one of the, the, the officers were saying was, it was so cool to see the quad lit up and used for something like that. And they were very excited. And these are the cops, man. They were really excited. Uh, no, they weren't disappointed. No arrests were made. So, But um, great, great. Uh, and, this, and this shirt, if you want to get one, you can get one of these. Uh, and you look for over there uh, in the corner, you'll see a big sign that Ryan Donahue uh, replicated off of this, off this decal. And I think, did Chelsea put this decal together? And it's, what it is, it's this dude with an eye patch on a moped with a keg. I think it's funny. It's, it looks so 70s. It's down my alley right there. Anyway, you can pick one up if you like to help the campus ministry. They've got that shirt there for only five bucks. And uh, we'd love for you to wear that thing proudly. Uh, that's that's that, enough of that. Also, in your bulletin, if you want to look in your bulletin, you can also in the back, trees the trunk, and we are already taking candy. If you check the box out in the back, it's already decorated, ready to go. It just needs candy. Feed me, Seymour, with candy. So it's needing candy. Also inside, fellas, is our men's retreat, True Grit. It's going to be at Lake Williamson, and uh, it's going to be uh, November 14th through the 15th. And we're going to find out, do we have grit? And that's going to be a great weekend. Uh, the sign-up sheet will be coming up at the at the Welcome Center soon, and we'll give you more details as we go. And this Wednesday, this Wednesday, we're having this, this class on how to have a new kid by Friday. It may not be by this Friday, but it'll, you know, we're starting that process, all right? And that'll be here at the campus. Uh, we'll be meeting, I believe, in the great room uh, if uh, there's a big enough crowd. That's the, uh, uh, this Wednesday at 7 p.m. Our work, the workbook, you can get at the, at the, at the uh, bookstore for nine bucks. Hope you'll Check that out, okay? Good to be together. I'm glad you all could be here. We're in a series of lessons called Living Like a King, and we're talking about that. And I don't know if you, what your idea is of living like a king, but uh, Jesus had an idea. And as the King of Kings himself, he came to this earth and preached the greatest sermon ever preached. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. So we've been looking at that, and it's interesting to me that that uh, Jesus starts off with these beatitudes, and you might say, What's that? "Why is that so interesting, Tim?" Well, when you do, when you when you go to courses on sermon prep, and I go to a lot of those, I tend to think I need more help there. So I'm always interested in how how to put together sermons. 
one of the one of the things that's really good in helping putting together a lesson, if you're going to put together a lesson, they tell you, make sure your first point, if it's either your most important point or your second most important point. You know, you want to make sure you're, you you start your sermon with a really good point, and Jesus practices that with this with these beatitudes. We see his core values in this in this Sermon on the Mount from Matthew five through seven. And we, we see this king of ours, the king of kings, the king of the kingdom of God that you're a part of. If you're a Christian, you're a part of the kingdom of God. And Jesus Christ is your king. And he has some valuable things to tell you, some core values he wants you to have if you're to enjoy being in his kingdom. That's why he starts off, blessed are this, blessed is this, blessed is this. He wants you to know, I want to bless your life. As a king, I'm not here to take from you. Now, the thief does that. Jesus said that, didn't he, one time? The thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. Not me. I've come to give you life and to have it abundantly. So notice it. We notice off the bat in the Beatitudes. He says, blessed are the poor. We looked at that two weeks ago. Then we looked at blessed are those that mourn. And we had Nancy Grove last week do her testimony. Fantastic moment. Everybody, you know, my wife's telling me in the crowd, she goes, here I am, and I'm forgetting to breathe. And all of a sudden I go, <clears throat> you know, and everybody was really on the edge of their seats. I thought, I, I knew that's what Nancy would do. And she helped. I hope she helped you. She helped me. And today we want to look at another thing that Jesus says is, I want to bless you with. I want to bless you with a thing called gentleness. You know, gentleness is a interesting, interesting idea when you stop and think about it. In fact, if you look, you've got your notes out, if you want to follow along, Look what Jesus says. Blessed are those who are gentle. They will inherit the earth. Huh? That's what he says. What? Blessed are the gentle? And they'll have what? They'll have the world by the tail. Really? They'll, 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 they'll have that kind of ownership of the world? That don't sound right, does it? Not in our society. No, the opposite is what we usually think. Our society says, blessed are the pushy. Blessed are the power hungry. It seems that they're the happy ones, and they have the world by the tail. And Jesus says, no, if you really want to, to own the world, to have your way in the world, where the world doesn't push you around, but you influence it, you've got to be gentle. You've got to learn to be gentle. See, we get this idea that, and by the way, a lot of, a lot of uh, translations say the word meek or meekness. And so we all, and that's not a good word anymore to use anymore. Why not, Tim? Well, a lot of times we associate meek with weak, meekness with weakness. I'm here to tell you, when you read the Bible and you look and see what gentleness is all about, it's a very strong word. It's not a weak word, and it takes a strong person. It takes a person with strong faith and courage and self-control, strength to be gentle. Because let's face it, am I the only person here that's not naturally gentle? It's just not natural for me. My wife is so, I don't think it's natural for her, but I've, I've yet to see her drop her guard, okay? We're on the phone, blah, 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 and all of a sudden I'll go, yeah, blah, 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 blah. and she goes, well, i got to go, bye. That's real, a nice way to hang up on me. Calls back in 15 minutes and says, so how's your day going, Tim? I just yelled at you. I just went off on you. How can you be so nice to me? I don't get it. You know, well, I know that it's not natural for her. I know it's not natural for me. And I bet it's not very natural for you to be kind and gentle either. We're in a hurry. We're selfish. And because we're impatient, we, wanna, we don't have time to be gentle. 
We've got to get this done. I've got to get my way now. I want results now. And Jesus says, oh, Tim, you'd be better off. You'd be more blessed. Life would be so much better. In fact, you'd have the world. The world would never push you around again. You could own the world if you just learned to be gentle. It's not weak. It's, it's a very strong word. One time Jesus was talking to some people and he said, Hey, uh, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you overcome, overwhelmed? Come to me and I'll give you rest. And look what he says here. Uh, well, he says, let's go on down to uh, Matthew 11 there. He says, he says, Become my servants and learn from me. Why? I am gentle, he says. I am gentle and free of pride. You'll find rest for your souls. What is great? What is gentleness? What does this word gentleness mean? Gentleness means this. Gentleness is strength under control. That's what gentleness means. It's like, uh, I heard a guy illustrate it this way. You take a wild stallion, for example. This wild, strong animal. And you put a bridle on it. And it becomes tame. Now let me ask you a question. This wild stallion has now become tame, and it's standing here, and here's a wild stallion that's untamed. Are both strong? Yeah, they haven't lost any strength at all, have they? What's the difference? One is useful now. One is useful. And if you're interested in being useful in the kingdom of God, gentleness is something you want to learn. See, when Jesus says, become my servant, notice two things here. Because he says, I want you to come to me. You're, you're weary and you're, you're wore out. You know why? You've been trying to get your own way and doing it the harsh way. He goes, really, if you'd learn from me. Jesus never seemed to be really ever in a bind except for with Gethsemane and the cross. That was about it. Most of the time he was a pretty easygoing person, gentle. In fact, that passage we skipped over said that he would be known as a gentle person. In fact, he, look what he says about himself there. He says, back, go back. to he's, No, no, go back, back to where we were. It says there in Matthew 11, he goes, I am gentle, for I am gentle. Notice that? And free of pride. You will find rest for your souls. What's he saying? You learn from me. He, two things, two things, guys, I want to challenge you already in this lesson to see. If you want to be a gentle person, if it's not your natural tendency to be gentle and you want to be a, learn to be a gentle I'm a grumpy guy I know it I know that I want to be gentle and Jesus says Tim here's how you, get, how you become gentle first you must submit and surrender to me become a servant and become a student there's only two people in the Bible that were called gentle one was Jesus and one was Moses Moses? Now, if you know anything about Moses, you know he had a temper problem. He's striking rocks and getting cast out of the promised land. He has killed an Egyptian. This guy had a temper problem. It cost him a lot. He wasn't known for being gentle. Yet the Bible says he was gentle. How is that? I think it's because he, be, he submitted to God and he learned. He became a student. So if you have trouble being gentle, just learn. Learn from Jesus who says, I am gentle, and what will happen? I'll bless you with rest. I'll bless you with rest. The Greek word for gentleness is uh, 
praus or prauts. And it means this. It means having a mild and gentle disposition. What's that mean, Tim? It means gentle people aren't moody. Rats. <laughs> gentle people, they react or, or respond rather than react. Really. Man, I'm messed up, man. How about you? Yeah, it, gentle people, see, what they, what they learn is they learn, they learn that it takes strength and self-discipline to choose to be patient and gentle when they don't get their way, when they're disappointed, when they're hurt. You gentle? Are you known as a gentle person? When I was a kid, we used to watch a cartoon named Underdog. Mild and mannered. Yeah, he was mild and mannered, it said. And, you know, what's that mean? He was, you know, shoeshine boy. That was his name, shoeshine boy. Sweet Polly Purebed was his girlfriend. But then when he'd get riled up, he'd become underdog, you know. We just don't get that idea that gentleness is strong. But I want, to, I want to change your mind this morning. It is a tremendously strong practice to have, a discipline to have in your life. And today what I want to do is I want to spend some time talking about how gentleness can bless your life. Now, I think we've got five points today. Am I right? I've got five and two more. Just ran out of paper. Well, let's get on with it, Tim. Okay, here we go. What is, what is gentleness? What, how can gentleness bless my life? What can gentleness do for your life and my life? Number one, gentleness diffuses conflict. You want to change an argument into something helpful? A, a, a harsh argument into a helpful conversation? Be gentle. Try, try it. Just try being gentle. Look what his Bible says here. A gentle answer quiets anger. But a harsh one stirs it up. Now, I know that second one. After but, I know what all that is. I, you ever done that? People get louder. They start saying, calling names. And every, the blood pressure goes up. Everybody gets excited. And they're shaking their fists. And they're all red-faced. But as soon as somebody calms down, as soon as somebody starts choosing a different emotion and just brings their voice down, guess what happens to the argument? It comes down. That's what the Bible says. It turns it. It quiets anger. That's how strong gentleness is. We don't believe that. Do we? We don't believe that. We believe gentleness is a wimpy way of dealing with stuff. And if I'm gentle, I'll get run over. Well, the Bible says a gentle answer will quiet. It will quiet the anger. I was This week I listened to a guy say there's something in our brain... I don't quite understand it, but there is something in our brain that mimics behavior. If you're around an excited person, you find yourself getting a little excited. If you're around somebody that's wozy, wozy, woo, woo, and depressing, you find yourself going, oh, I'm kind of depressed now. And the same is true when we're, having commun- we're communicating with one another, we're talking with one another, and if you start getting loud, I'll start getting loud, you start pushing, I start pushing back. It's just there. But, so I, I want to tell you, try this sometime. The next time you're in a crazy argument, 
just bring it down a notch and see what happens to that argument. See what happens to that moment. This is a great passage in Ecclesiastes 10. Don't leave your job because your boss uh, is angry with you. Hello! Remaining calm, and it says gentleness, solves or appeases great problems. There's something about being gentle. It's so powerful. It can turn a conversation into something helpful. Number two, gentleness disarms critics. I've said this to you before, and I'll say it again. Here I am, I'm 57, and I'm still making enemies. I'm still learning. I can't please everybody. As much as I want to please everybody, I can't, and neither can you. So there's always going to be somebody that's going to have a problem with you. In fact, I'm learning that there are some people that just have to have a problem with you. You you know what I'm talking about? It's like they can't really be happy unless they've got a problem with you. You're like, really? And they just keep going, and they... They say all kinds of awful things. They lie about you. They slander you. They put you down. They criticize you. What do you do with somebody like that? What do you do with somebody who gossips about you, that lies about you, that puts you down, that criticizes you, that maligns your reputation, that's trying to push your buttons? What do you do with somebody who's trolling? What are you talking about trolling, Tim? You know, they're on the Internet. They're on Facebook. They go, and you bite. They say something, and you go, and then they go, I've had this happen to me. Somebody texts me, or I'm with somebody. They're getting a text from somebody. It says, hey, man, I sure miss you. Yeah, I kind of miss you, too. And it comes back, well, then how come you did this and this and this and that? They're just throwing something out there, trolling, seeing if anybody's dumb enough to bite. And they, you know, here they come. They're coming in. Come to Papa. True? What do you do with somebody like that? You, you be gentle with them. I don't want to be gentle with them. Well, that's the problem. I know. <laughs> I don't want to be gentle either. But Jesus says, be gentle. The Bible says, be gentle. Why? Because it disarms them. It takes away their ammunition. Look what it says here. A wise, mature... Would you circle wise and mature? Have you got that? Pa- oh, I'm sorry. Let me back up. I'm sorry. It says, it says here, we appeal... This is what Paul said. We appeal gently when evil things are said about us. Here's his choice. He says, when I, when I, Paul had lots of critics. He says, here's what we're going to do. Here's our response. When this happens, we're going to appeal to them gently. Guys, listen. When I try to get even with somebody who hits me below the belt, I'm on the same level as them. Now, when I'm gentle, I'm aiming higher. I rise. I, 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 I lift things above. I lift up Christ. This is... And by the way, I want, to, I want to make sure, I want you to understand something. I was trying to figure out a way to maybe videotape this and I could sit in the crowd and listen to me tell me what to do here too, okay? I am not trying to say I got this figured out. I am totally speaking from weakness here. Totally out of weakness. Because when I hear critics, I want to get even. 
When somebody's bashing my church, oh, would I like to shoot an email? No, a gun. I'm just being honest. You say, you really would shoot somebody? Okay, maybe not that. I'm not going to do that. But I want to. I want to. And they dig up dirt and throw it around. You think you don't think I want to dig up some dirt and throw it around? You haven't got time for that. And the critics, you know what? The haters will never be satisfied. Am I right? You can't satisfy a hater. They're just going to keep at it and keep at it and keep at it. And what won't work, if finally you're fine with, they'll find another way to get you riled. What do I do with them? I want to strangle them. I want to shoot back. I want to be harsh like I think they're being to me. And the Bible says, no. The Apostle Paul, who was killed by his critics finally, says, here's what we choose to do. We gently, we appeal gently when evil things are said about us. Now you say, but Tim, if I do that, I'll get run over. And that is, I'm not going to be happy. You're going to be blessed. With what? With the satisfaction that you're being like Jesus. With the satisfaction that you're, you're not being what the world wants you to be. But you're wanting to be a Christian. And you're wanting to please your Lord. So gentleness, it blesses us with peace. It blesses us with God's approval. Look at, it, look at this passage in Titus 2.8. I always thought this was about cussing. Use clean language that no one can, can criticize. Do this and your enemies will be too ashamed to say anything against you. I always thought, use clean language. Okay, I don't, I don't name call and I don't cuss. Got it. Got it covered. But sometimes, guys, unclean language is harsh language. Heartless language. Judgmental language. And the Bible says here, Paul tells Titus, a young man who's in the middle of it. He's a a leader in the church and he's getting clobbered. He says, hey, just remember, Titus, use clean language when somebody, you know, when you get criticized. Why? Because it'll make them feel like they're a fool. They'll finally run out of ammunition. You ever had a talk with somebody and you try to you try to talk to them and you just like handing them more bullets? You just handing them more bullets. No, what you do is you 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 confront it and you deal with it with kindness and with gentleness. Number three, gentleness is persuasive. It's persuasive. Let me ask you, what do you do when someone's pressuring you or pushing you? What do you tend to do? What do you do when you get that phone call and the guy goes, or the lady goes, Hi, I'm so-and-so and I'd like to sell you something. And you're going, No. Well, have you ever considered? No. But have, would you ever think of? No. You know, they're, they're trained to do that, to keep selling, even though you're saying no. What do you do when somebody's trying to push, push you and shove you, spiritually speaking? You're in discipleship group and somebody goes, you need to do that. You're going to do that? What do you tend to do? Be honest. I say yes. Really? Don't we push right back? Don't we resist? Don't the walls go up? No, we don't like being pressured. We don't like being pushed around. But gentleness, 
When somebody's gentle. Jesus says, you have the world by the tail. You can control the world. You have the world in the palm of your hands through this avenue of gentleness. It's very persuasive. Look what the Bible says here. That's, this is the passage I got ahead of. A wise, circle wise and mature. A wise and mature person. <laughs> Sorry. I see that and I go, oh no, what's coming? A wise and mature person is known for his understanding. The more pleasant his words, the more persuasive he is. You see, guys, a sign of immaturity is being harsh and pushy. Anybody, anybody, anybody can be pushy and harsh and, and sarcastic. That's immaturity. But a real mature person understands that gentleness is a very strong, a very strong value to have in our, and habit to have in our life and says that if I'm wise and I'm mature, I'm more understanding and my words are more pleasant to the hearer. And they're very persuasive. Look at this. Look at these. There's Proverbs 25, 15 in the ERV, the easy to read version. With patience, you can make anyone change their thinking. Even a ruler, gentle speech is very powerful. He says, gentle speech, very powerful. Doesn't sound like weak, does it? Doesn't sound meek, not in the sense that we understand it. Look at these other two translations I've got here for you up on the screen. Look at the message. Gentle speech breaks down rigid defenses. Now look at this other one. A gentle word can get through to the hard-headed. That's what it says gentleness really works, is what he's saying. I think the NIV says it can break a bone. It can break a bone. How many of you had a broken leg or broken arm or some bone broken? Okay. I'm sure it was a very interesting what happened. You fell down, something. It didn't just go snap by itself. I mean, pow, ouch. And you didn't go, oh, look. You know, your hand. <laughs> I think I've hurt myself. No, you. Wow! A gentle tongue has that kind of impact. Now, listen to me this morning. I'm going to say some things here. Parents, screaming at your kids doesn't work. Yelling and screaming at your kids doesn't work. All it does, it builds up fear and resentment. I know this because I grew up in a home where I, I grew up at home where I had a screamer. I got a screamer here. I had a screamer in my family. It wasn't my brother. It was my dad. And he'd go off, and you'd go, and he's thinking, I'm going, I'm already saying yes before I even know what he's yelling at me for. I'm doing whatever you say. You know, you might get conformity on the outside when you're yelling at your kids, but inside you're building resentment and fear. Husbands, sarcasm will not work. Tried it. Still do. You'd think I'd learn. Sarcasm does not work. Oh, I got a good zinger in there. Now she'll do that. No, she won't. Oh, on the outside, she's going, okay. All right, you've embarrassed me. You've shamed me. Okay. But inside, she's going, resentment, bitterness are being built up. Nagging doesn't work. I, don't, I used to say, I thought that was women, but you know, men can nag too. Nagging doesn't work in our marriage. 
Or you might finally go, okay, I'll do it. But inside, they'd rather be away from you. That's why they're motivated to go do that. Because they're away from the nag. Leaders, throwing a fit doesn't work. And being intimidating doesn't work either. You may think you've got a guy on his heels, and yeah, you might have him on his heels because you've emotionally bullied him in a corner and think you've got him where you want him. And that's off your back. You may think you've done that, but inside they're going, wow, I guess these scriptures only apply to me and not to you. The hypocrisy is stuck in their throat, mingled with your words. It doesn't work. I've tried all this. I've tried all this. And I've learned over the years it doesn't work. I've wondered how many people I've run off just preaching hard and make a point. Some of you will even say, Tim, get them. And I get them. And they're gone them. Wow, we sure got them, didn't we? We lost them. I've had people say to me, Tim, kick us in the pants. I need a good kick in the pants today. You know, do something, you know, beat us up some. You're just, you're wimpy. The problem is I don't do beat up very good. And what I tend to do is be harsh. I either am wimpy or harsh. And God says, I want you to be gentle. Do you really need somebody to tell you Sunday after Sunday how bad you are? I'm tired, of, I'm tired of talking like that, and I'm tired of hearing that. Because I don't anybody's help tell me how bad I am, and neither do you. Oh, this place ought to be about how it can be, how it could be, not the way it is. Gentleness, gentleness. Look what Paul tells a young preacher, a young leader here, in Timothy, God's people must not be quarrelsome. They must be gentle. We are mandated by God, commanded by God to be gentle people. Patient teachers of those who are wrong. You ever run into somebody who thinks wrong? Patient teachers of those who are wrong. Be humble when you're trying to teach those who are mixed up concerning the truth. For Listen to this. Here's what happens. For if you talk meekly, that's another word for gentleness, and courteously, courteously to them, they are more likely, with God's help, to turn away from the wrong ideas and believe what is true. Gentle words are persuasive. They're persuasive. Number four, gentleness is attractive. It's attractive. I'm, fine, I'm learning this, that... My looks, my good looks, if I had any, are fading. Beauty fades, right? I read a proverb somewhere that says, like a gold ring and a sow's nose is a woman who lacks judgment. Now I got to thinking, if I was, you know, there's got to be another verse somewhere. There should be another verse that says like this. Like a gold ring in a boar's ear is a man who lacks judgment. I got the earring. 
and you're, you're a pig. I've got a nose ring in Bible times was to enhance beauty. And Solomon, who knew a lot of women, he had a thousand women at his disposal. 300 wives and 700, a four-year-old said porcupines, it's concubines. A thousand women. You think he didn't know, he didn't think he had beautiful women? Yeah. <laughs> That's another sermon. <laughs> okay. But, but you know, the idea, the idea of a thousand women, it all had to be beautiful. And he, my brother one time, was, he told me about a woman he knows at a dealership. He said, Tim, she's gorgeous. I said, what do you mean gorgeous? Drop dead, knock out, gorgeous. Now, when my brother says drop dead, no, he says, wee ow, chicks. You know, he's a, she's a wee ow. And I go, that good looking, very good looking. But she cusses like a sailor. And, and oh, oh, you know, all, that, all the words. You can't, you can't listen to It's like, oh, my goodness, it's HBO. You know, what's happening here? I'm not here to pick on the ladies. I'm just, you see what I'm saying is that you can be, you, you want to be really attractive. I'm learning that, yeah, when, you know, when I got married and, and um, you know, Denise is such a beautiful woman and she can cook. And those are right there. I'm in heaven. Okay. I didn't know she could cook. Man, she could cook. But I've learned something. When you marry, you marry character. You marry character. And gentleness, I'm trying to figure out what keeps, what would keep me sexy and my wife sexy all through our lives. Well, it ain't this. <laughs> Am I, huh? Welcome to the gun show. <laughs> click, 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 click. They're not even going off, man. You know what I'm saying? You know, mirror, mirror on the wall. I'll forget it. I already know the answer. But I'm just saying, I'm I'm finding out what really attracts me to my wife is her character. Her character. We were talking about, would you remarry if if you died? You ever had one of those conversations, couples? And we had that. We've had that conversation this week. And I go, well, you probably would, Tim, because you probably can't live without a woman. You'd have to have a woman. I go, maybe, I guess, yeah, sure. Would you remarry Denise? No. I go, well, when you've had the best, why try the rest? That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Well, you know what she says? No, it's not that. Mirror, mirror on the... I already know the answer to that. Okay. But see, character. Character is what's... And gentleness, being a gentle person is just, what a, what a way to, you know, you're drawn to people that are gentle, aren't you? You're just drawn to people who are kind. It just, you say, Tim, that's just, that's just so elementary. I know, but we don't get this. We just still don't get it. And the Bible talks about beauty, and it, it's more than skin deep. See, rude people have rotten relationships. Rude people have rotten relationships. 
But gentle people, hmm, totally different. Look at it says here. Look at this uh, passage in 1 Timothy 4. Talk about attractive. Ladies, let me ask you, would you be attracted to a man who had these qualities? A person dedicated to God. Ask yourselves, guys, would you be attracted to a woman that had these qualities? Technically, it's speaking to a man. And he's saying, as a man of God, pursue righteousness. I want God's will in my life. That's all I want. I'm after that. Wouldn't you love to have a man like that, ladies? Amen. Fellas, wouldn't you like to have a woman like that? Godliness. I want God to be so clear in everything I do. Faithfulness. Here's a man that trusts the Lord. He trusts the Lord. Totally trusts it. Loves. Pursue love. What's that mean? He doesn't think about himself. He doesn't think about himself. I'm always... I'm, I'm jealous of one of my sons. Matthew's so good to Brian. So I go, you're giving me a... Don't do that in front of Denise. You're giving me bad <laughs> reputation. Very good to Brian. Endurance. Wouldn't you like to have a man who's... I won't quit. When God, life gets tough, he just gets tougher and sets his jaw and trusts the Lord and moves forward. He doesn't give up. And look what it says. And gentleness. This is, this is what makes us attractive. Paul doesn't say to Timothy, hey, hey, you know, pursue, you know, some Botox. Pursue some hair transplant. Pursue the war room. Pursue, I'm not saying we shouldn't take care of ourselves. Yes. I'm not saying it's, it's sinful to, to do some of this stuff, and I'm saying. I don't know if it's really that. I don't think it's sinful. But he doesn't say that's what really, what you really want to get is have these qualities, and one of them is gentleness. Pursue that. Have that. You see, gentle men are gentlemen. Gentle men are gentlemen. I mean, that's where the term gentleman comes from. It's from a man who's gentle. And I want to say to you singles, if you, guys, if you, you say, man, I don't think I'm ever going to find a woman. You be a gentle man, and you're going to, be, you're going to have to beat them off with a whip. You're going to have to hold them off with a gun. Because there's not many gentle men anymore. I think of an example of a guy who's just kind, a gentleman. His name was Boaz. And you find it in a passage of Scripture, Boaz is a farmer and he's, he's gleaning, he's harvesting, about this time of the year, you know, he's harvesting. And as he's harvesting, whenever you're harvesting, you're always going to leave a few on the ground, a few things on the ground, maybe some kernels of wheat or whatever you're harvesting, ear of corn or whatever. And a lot of people would come in afterwards after the workers would get through and they would come in and glean and pick through the ground, pick up all the seeds. A lot of the poor, this is how they, they found their food many times. A lot of owners would come out and tell them, get lost, get off, this is my ground, you have no business on there. And you find out that Ruth, who's come home with her mother-in-law, is not even a Jew. And she is picking bits of grain off the ground. And Boaz does not run her off. Nobody runs her off. And look what the Bible says here. Look how kind and gentle this man is. This is what Ruth says about Boaz. 
You are very kind to me, sir. You've made me feel better by speaking gently to me. I tell you what, guys. Fellas, listen. You want to make your wife feel better? Make your girlfriend feel better? Make people feel better generally? Just start being gentle, and it turns things around like that. Because you, you made me feel better because you're just speaking gently to me. I'm not used to that. Even though I'm not equal of one of your servants. What's he saying there? He said, look, I'm not even, I, I'm not even a Jew. Your servants are Jewish. I'm, not even, I'm a Moabite. At mealtime, Boaz said to Ruth, at mealtime, uh, Boaz says to Ruth, come and have a piece of bread and dip it in the sauce. Let's have some lunch. Meet you at Breadco. A little bread. And they pass the time together. You find out that a romance begins to form and they get married and she gives birth to David's grandfather. And even in the lineage of Jesus, you have this marriage that a lot of us would say, oh, that's not a good idea. It's another sermon. Here's, here's two people together and they're in the lineage of Jesus. Jesus is here because... Here's what a preacher said, uh, I heard say this week. If Boaz would have been ruthless, he would have been ruthless. Uh, I'll pray for you. Think about that. Think about that. We wouldn't have, you know, where would Jesus would have come from? wonder where he would have come from. All because a man was gentle with someone. Just being gentle. Number, uh, um, let's go on. Number, number five, gentleness communicates love. Gentleness communicates love. Look at it says, love is not rude. What's that mean? <laughs> I bet it's gentle. It isn't harsh. Love isn't impolite. Love is disrespectful. It doesn't snap when somebody's trying to talk to you. Love is considerate. Love is kind, and when you put them two together, I think you are explaining the word gentle. Look at Ephesians here. The Bible says here, and look what the Bible calls you and I to be here. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. He says, you want to express love? Because you have that love, be gentle. Be humble. Be gentle. Be patient. Says here in Col- look at what it says here in Colossians here. Colossians three. Husbands, love your wives and be gentle to them. Quickest way to improve your marriage. Quickest way to improve any relationship. Just start being gentle, not so harsh. Not so short. Drop the sarcasm. Denise and I have never listen, we have she has never disapproved of me or never been disappointed of me when I've been gentle. She's never said, Stop doing that. How dare you be gentle? In fact, she's, she's said to me before, I like it when you're gentle. It motivates me. Oh, you like that? Yeah, I really appreciate you being gentle. I know you're choosing. Guys, you know, you, you, you get married, you're married for a while. Aren't we, aren't we just mean to one another sometimes? We can be so mean. We say things, hurtful things, do hurtful things, or don't do some things that would be helpful. We just, why do we do that when we're married? It happens. Sin. It's broken. I mean, we start off broken. 
were two sinners, two selfish people in the same house. And we're, trying, we're bargaining for territory, bargaining for our way. And the, the Bible says, love your wives and be gentle to them. What, what, wait a minute. Uh, that means those that are gentle back, right? No, it doesn't say that. It just says be gentle to them. Well, what if she's an ungodly wife? Love her and be gentle. What if she's not a faithful wife? Love her and be gentle. What if she's just a mean, you know, the word? Love and be gentle. She'll walk all over me. You'll honor your God. I'm not so sure she'll walk all over you. My wife's never walked all over me when I've been gentle. Never took advantage of it. We communicate love. Parents, listen to this. And this is not just for dads, but it's, it's for both of us here. Fathers, don't irritate or provoke your children to anger. That's what it says. The Bible says here in Ephesians 6. It says, don't irritate them and provoke them. In other words, don't exasperate them. What's that mean? Don't set a standard so high that they can't reach it. Don't frustrate them. But rear them tenderly, it says, in the training and discipline and the counsel and admonition of the Lord. Communicate love by being gentle. Again, yelling and screaming at them isn't going to change anything. You might get them to conform for a minute. But as soon as they get their chance, they're going to be away from you. They're going to get an idea of who God is like from being treated that way. They're going to assume God's that way. And God is not like that. Okay, here's your two free points. You ready? You got any margin? Number six. (laughs) Gentleness is a powerful witness to others. We live in a world right now where, religiously speaking, radical. Radical's the word now. You've got ISIS, radical Islam. You've got these fundamentalists, radical Christianity. And you know something they have in common? They hate. They're harsh. They're brutal. And it destroys any impact, any impact whatsoever any positive impact. Titus 3 says this, Believers, listen to this, Believers should never speak evil of anyone, nor be quarrelsome. Instead, they should be gentle and show courtesy to everyone. See, a believer, you know what our call to do? is not to slander, gossip, malign, beat up, verbally beat up, criticize, you know, I'm talking about unfair criticism now other people. And this is especially true when it comes to evangelism. This is especially true when you think about evangelism. Because, guys, evangelism is winning a friend to Christ. I don't know if I'll ever win an enemy to Christ until they are a friend. And they can't become a friend unless I'm radically different than what they're used to. And it's not beheading or condemning that's going to impress them. Guys, people are not going to listen to what you say unless they're impressed by what they see. When they see you're gentle, 
They know you're choosing to be gentle when that waitress brought you the wrong food. They know you're choosing to be gentle when your kids are being crazy. They know you're choosing to be gentle when they've said something and stepped over the boundary and they didn't know it was there, like hitting a tripwire. And, 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 but you, you, you choose to be gentle anyway because you know that's what Christ calls you to be. And when you do that, that surprises the world. I want to ask you this, this morning, what are they seeing when you're disappointed? It matters. Here's 1 Peter 3. I'll read this to you. This is 1 Peter 3.15. Your heart should be holy and set apart for the Lord God. Always be ready to tell everyone who asks you why you believe as you do. Be gentle as you speak and show respect. I've told people many times, many, I've lost count, many times I've said to people as I'm studying with them, I need Jesus just as bad as you. And you know, we, when we get to that sin study, we start talking about sins and they say, well, I, I've done this and I've done that. And then I tell them the sins I've done and they go, oh my. Why would you do that, Tim? So they know I need Jesus every bit as bad. That without Jesus, I'm a goner. I'm not better. I'm not good. He is good. And guys, if we just learn to be gentle with everyone, not just each other, but gentle, maybe we have to start there, okay? But even gentle with people that are not Christians, it'd make a big difference. Number seven, this is the last one. To me, it may be the most important point because you remember, you've got to have your good point at the beginning of the sermon and a good point at the end of the sermon. What's this point, Tim? I love this. Gentleness makes me like Jesus. I like me when I'm like Jesus. I like it when I'm like Christ. There's this personal satisfaction. You know what I'm talking about? You just go, I did the right thing and I didn't die. I did the right thing and it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I did the right thing and it, I went through all kinds of stuff, but at least I know where I stand with God and God knows where, I, where He and I are and we're tight. And if I want to be like Jesus, guys, I've got to learn from Jesus how to be gentle. That's what He was known for. Look what it says here again. Uh, the Bible says this. Listen to this. This is Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is joy, peace, blah, 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 and gentleness. The fruit of the Spirit. One of the things that God does to you and I is helps us become gentle. See, I'm not gentle naturally. How about you? I don't know if I could even be gentle. Well, I guess I could, you know, today I could go, okay, I'm going to be gentle. Hi, how are you? Good to see you. Yeah, have a good day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Inside, I'm just as stupid as I, and just as messed up as I've always been. But I'm on the outside, I'm a nice, gentle guy. Inside, I want to get a Uzi and shoot everybody in the room. Do you know what I'm saying? We could really put on the show and get that, you know, I'm a kind, I'm a generous, I'm a gentle guy. Inside, I want to kill you. <laughs> it's not natural. I want to fight. I, I don't like you. And guys, it's an inside job then if I'm going to be gentle because I can't get it from the outside. And that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
that, that comes from being a servant, surrendering and becoming his servant, this king, and a student saying, I will learn from you. How did you do that, Jesus? How are you able? I mean, guys, look at Jesus. Woman at the well. Had five husbands, and the one she's with is really her husband. And what does Jesus do? Is he gentle with her? Woman caught in adultery. She's caught in the act of adultery. Is he gentle? I mean, we don't even have to catch anybody in the act, and we're harsh. Jesus says, you, caught, you were caught doing this, and he's gentle. Rich man, big head, thinks he's got everything, and he's making some big, bold statements, and Jesus says, so you, you have it, come follow me, I, I want to work with you. And he was away sad. Is he, is he harsh with him? Where are you going? Yeah, may your money perish with you, you jerk. He doesn't do that. He's, he lets him walk away. He's gentle with him. Because it's not about winning the argument. It's about winning the person. Okay, I want to I give you an assignment this week. You ready? Here's an assignment, then I'm going to be done. Promise you. Promise. Here's an assignment this week. I want you to get this down. I want you to write these down. If you're serious, you'll write them down. If you're not, okay, that's fine. Maybe you've maybe you got a great memory. I don't. I had to write them down. Okay. Who can I practice gentleness with this week? Let me give you three kinds of people. Let me say it this way to you. When someone serves me, when someone serves me, I want to encourage you to be understanding and not demanding. When you go to the restaurants this week, when, you, when somebody's serving you at the checkout line or, or at the store or something, you be understanding and not demanding. That's being gentle. You'd be surprised how refreshing that is to people. You know who the rudest people are on the planet? What nation's the rudest? I thought it was the French. It's us. We're the rudest, crudest, arrogantest people. Arrogantest. Arrogantest people. How do you spell that, Tim? I don't know. But I know what it looks like. So when someone serves me, be understanding, not so demanding. Number two, when someone disagrees with me, be tender without surrender. What do you mean? Nobody oh, if I'm going to be gentle, I'm going to have to. The guy says, I believe him, blah, blah, blah. Well, oh, man, I, okay. And inside I'm going, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. Listen, guys, most of the people on this planet don't agree with you. Have you figured that out yet? A lot of people don't agree with you. How are we going to have any impact on them? Jesus says, all these people on the earth, you can inherit and help if you'll be gentle. I do that by being tender when I disagree without surrendering. I don't have to surrender my convictions. Just because you're being kind to somebody that has a different lifestyle or kind to somebody who has a different political view or kind to somebody who just has a, I mean, total religious view doesn't mean you, you have to accept what they say. Just be kind. You know, I've learned something. No matter what happens, and this is what I'm learning. I've not learned it. Here's what I'm learning. Whatever anybody does to me, they don't control my choice on how I'm going to respond. They don't control my response. 
Now, it can be controlled. Not by me. A little higher. <laughs> but by the gates of heaven. Read this this week. I never get my point across by being cross. Think about it. Number three, when someone disappoints me, and who isn't going to disappoint you? Somebody's going to disappoint you this week. When someone disappoints me, I want to challenge you, be merciful, not so judgmental. Why, Tim? The Bible says, brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, this is what it says in Galatians 6, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual, go and restore them gently. Why? Because you could be that person. You know, you ever thought about this? You're only a couple of decisions away from being the worst sinner on the planet. Just a couple of decisions and you could really screw it up. I'm only two, just two or three decisions away from really messing it up and I'm walking around like I've got it all together. Come on. And when I'm talking to somebody that's, that's messed up, that's disappointed me, I gotta, you know, you ever had this happen to you? You ever done this? You're driving down a road and somebody's cut you off in traffic? And you want to give them the California howdy or you want to give them the, the face? You know what? I used to do that. I remember one time driving and went. And I about hit somebody. And that person is going at me. He's a bad driver like he's the only one on the road. I'm just as bad or worse. And guys, you may, have, you may be on top of your game today, but guys, we all fall short of the glory of God. And so when someone disappoints you, be merciful, be forgiving, not so judgmental. Why? That's, that is being gentle. That is being gentle. Yeah, I'll talk to them, but do it gently. Yeah, I'll help them, but do it gently. I want to put them in their place. And I've told you before, well, put them where God wants them to be. That's the place you want them to be. You have a card in your bulletin. Here's your chance to respond to this lesson. And I don't know how kind you are, if it's natural for you. Some of you, I know, you seem to be, it's natural for you. But I I bet you there's moments where you even go, Tim, it's hard to be kind. It's hard to be gentle sometimes. I just want to, you know, like the Queen of Hearts and Alice in Wonderland, off with their heads, you know, that kind of attitude. All of us here probably know what I'm talking about. Some, somebody, something has happened and makes you want to respond that way. And I want to encourage you, why don't you write down on a card who you're going to be gentle with this week and put their name down. Just put their, or put their initials. Put their initials. And that person will pray, hey, this person put TG. I wonder who that could be. But Lord, help them be gentle with TG. So what? Just go ahead. You know, maybe, maybe there's, you know, you know what? I need God's help. Why not just ask the prayer team, please help, ask God to help me be more gentle when I'm disappointed. I'm going through somebody right now that's disappointing me, and help me be gentle. Or I disagree with them, and help me, help me be tender, and, and, and help me be gentle with them, but not surrender what, what I believe to be true. I don't know, guys. Whatever, whatever. You know, maybe there's, maybe you've got a job you're needing to get, or maybe there's a, there's a, a crisis in your family. Write it out. Write it down. Let us pray over that. We're gonna pray. We're gonna sing a song and 
and give you a chance to write on those cards. Then we're going to collect those cards up during the second song with our contribution, and then we're done for the day. And guys, what a September we're having. I hope you're, you're drinking it all in. It's a great, great afternoon. Enjoy it. Praise God and, and be that example. Be that example of gentleness as we leave these doors uh, today. Let's pray. God, thank you for all the many things, Lord, you give us, Lord. I think about how gentle you are, just how gentle you are, Father, with all of us, with me, everybody here. Think about that passage in Isaiah 42 where it says, You gently lead those with young. While everybody else is in a hurry to get a herd moving, you, you, you shepherd people much differently, like a shepherd who's gently leading this, this mother that's about to have a lamb. Lord, we pray that, you'll, that, 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 that we'll recognize how gentle you are, Lord, and let it spill over into our hearts and that we can be gentle with others. Father, I know some of us here, you know, we're, we've made a commitment to you. We've made a new commitment to you, Lord. Oh, God, help us honor that commitment. Give us the strength to, to uh, live up to this commitment, Lord, that we're making. Lord, let us, let, let us help us put people around us that can help us um, grow and change. Lord, thank you, for, thank you for the people here, Lord, that, that really show us how to be gentle with others. For the rest of us, Lord, we thank you for that. We pray someday we can be, people can see us and, and, and think when they think of gentleness, they think that person, that's who the guy, that's the person, that's the woman I remember. I think of when I think of gentleness. Help us develop this. Father, begin to work inside us and bring that out, out to us like a fruit deep inside for others to be nourished, to be encouraged, to be helped. Father, thank you for the kindness that you have. What a, what a great God you are. And Lord, let us trust you when you say, Blessed are Blessed are those who are gentle and that will take the earth, Father, not for ourselves, but for you, as we learn to be like your, your son and live like a king, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.